0: 15
1: minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hello,
0: Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. We're continuing conversations in this sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. We talked yesterday about kingdom righteousness and how it's almost like being in the secret service of God's army. And so
1: As I'm. As opposed to the hypocrites on the stage doing everything for the applause of men. That's exactly right. Right, yeah, that's exactly right. We're we're more like the we're more like the uh, tech crew wearing all black, back in the shadows. You never know who we are.
0: Hey, good illustration. Good illustration. A good illustration. That's
1: right at the top of my. End. I like that. I like we that. Hey, you know that down. You
0: know, one of the things I thought about after our conversation is trying to get that balance. Is that when we when we take a look at the shine your light, but hey, do it in secret. I think one of the things is is that I don't hide my righteousness to avoid persecution. But I do hide it to avoid Mm self-glorification. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of the balance here. Anyway, we're moving on. In the the middle of this conversation about hypocrisy, he actually, in one of the illustrations that he used, brings in another issue. As he was talking about prayer... He does tell us not to pray like the hypocrites. Sure. But he also tells us not to pray like the Gentiles. Gentiles.
1: So let's read that section, and let's talk about that a little bit. So I've got the New King James Version here, and I'm going to read Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you... When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, "'Hallowed be your name. "'Your kingdom come, your will be done, "'on earth as it is in heaven. "'Give us this day our daily bread, "'and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. "'And do not lead us into temptation, "'but deliver us from the evil one. "'For yours is the kingdom and the power "'and the glory forever. Amen.'" "'For if you forgive men their trespasses, "'your heavenly Father will also forgive you. "'But if you do not forgive men their trespasses,' "'Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses.'" Something has increasingly bothered
0: me the more I've read this passage and then the parallel one in Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, from the English Standard Version, "'Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, "'and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "'Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. "'And he said to them, "'When you pray, say.'" Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And then he goes on and he tells the stories that talk about importuning God and being persistent and even impudent in prayer. And the more I've read this and studied this of late, it's just, it's called attention. You know, Andrew, you and I, we claim to be people who are going to speak where the Bible speaks and be silent where the Bible is silent. We talk about doing Bible things in Bible ways, calling Bible things by Bible names. These are the kind of the mantras that have been around in the the fellowships that we've been involved in. And I realize that over the years when somebody comes to me and says, hey, teach me to pray. hmm It's it's interesting to me that I rarely hear people, and I myself have rarely said, "Well, hey, let's come look at this passage." Because somebody came to Jesus and said, "Teach us to pray," and he said, "When you pray, say this." Instead, what I often hear from Christians is somebody says, "Hey, how do you pray? How do you pray? Oh, when you pray, just say whatever's on your heart. When you pray, just unload your heart before the Lord. Just say whatever you're thinking, because really, prayer is just talking to God." And and I keep coming back to Jesus, and I wonder why Jesus didn't say that when they asked him to teach them to pray. Why, when Jesus was asked to teach to pray, did he actually say, look, let me give you a model. Say this. Mm-hmm. Pray like this. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's, I think that's just something for us to consider.
1: Well, it is. I, and perhaps we're too eager to answer a question like that from all the breadth of uh, New Testament teaching about prayer and not just start in one place.
0: Uh, you know what? Let's No, I'm not going to soften it. That, that statement about just say what's on your heart, that's not said anywhere.
1: Oh, I see. It's, it's, it's not from all Yeah, of the so, so how do you teach people to, to, that prayer is talking to God? Because, you know, it, it is something that comes up, you know, if, if we want to talk about this, that um, people that don't have a background in the church, people that, you know, didn't grow up, it, as I've talked to them, it seems to be like one of the most um, challenging things for them as a new Christian. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to pray— but how's that supposed to look, and how's it supposed to sound? And so first of all— This is a model, you know, the, the Psalms. We spend a lot of time talking about how the Psalms express all different people's hearts and, and positions to God. So first of all, let me just be perfectly clear, because I'm
0: rebuking myself on this. Mm. This is something I've been studying of late and realized that for everything I've studied about prayer, and I've written books on prayer, Mm -hmm. that it has rarely been, let's start where Jesus starts. Mm -hmm. And okay, so I guess I need to clarify, I I don't want to remove the idea of unloading my heart to God. Okay. Uh, certainly we are emotional people and God is good with our emotions. So I don't want to remove that. I guess what I'm wanting to really highlight is that I want to start where Jesus starts and then we'll we'll move to other things perhaps along the way. And I I think one of the things is, okay. let's begin where Jesus begins and let's figure out why he begins there. And he doesn't start with, I'm going to make this really, really easy for you. Just say whatever's in your head. Just say whatever's in your heart. What he starts with is, look, pray like this. Here's the kind of things you need to be praying for. And he actually doesn't give an acrostic, and he doesn't doesn't give a mnemonic, and he doesn't give a rubric. He actually gives a mandate. It's a principle, but it's one that I missed for a long time. Um, you know, I... Here's what I think we should see in Matthew chapter 6 when he says this. Notice that he says in verse 7, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He actually says something just like that at the end of this chapter, when he's talking about our anxieties In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32 or verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He actually says the same thing when he says, he says, don't be anxious like the Gentiles. Why shouldn't I be anxious like the Gentiles? Well, because your father knows what you need. He says, don't seek the things that the Gentiles are seeking, food, clothes, shelter, uh, water. I, of course, and I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, these are like absolute necessities. I can't right. live without these yeah. things. Yeah. Jesus isn't just saying, don't seek luxuries mm-hmm. and leisure. He's mm-hmm. saying, don't seek necessities. Mm-hmm. Instead, seek the kingdom. Why? Because my Father knows that I need those things. My Father loves me. He cares for me. He gives me those things. Okay, now let's back up and see what was said right before the prayer. He said, don't pray like these guys. Why? Because your Father knows what you need. Instead, pray like this. And then what he gives is a prayer that is all about the kingdom, which actually, again, goes along with Matthew 6.33. Instead of seeking food, clothing, and shelter, what am I supposed to seek? I'm supposed to seek the kingdom. In prayer, he's saying, look, don't be like the Gentiles with all of this empty repetition, trying to force your God into giving you the things that you're asking for. Instead, pray like this. Well, what is that? Just like I'm seeking the kingdom first, I need to be praying the kingdom first. Oh, but what about my needs? If I pray about the kingdom, what about my needs? Well what did he just tell me? Well, look, your father knows what you need. Your father's gonna bless you. He's a good father. He knows how to give give good gifts. Uh, he he knows, so So look, like
1: a word about daily bread is enough. Well, a you word about don't daily have bread. To obsess about all this and, and worry that God's gonna fail you in some way.
0: So there's certainly the issue of he does pray for the daily bread, but even in the context of daily bread, that's actually a kingdom prayer. It's not just a, oh, I have a need. Would you make sure to give me this need? It's the, why do I need this need? When I recognize the background of that prayer, going back to Proverbs chapter 30, where Agur, as he's writing those proverbs, he says, look, give me two things. And the one of them is keep lies far from me. The second one is give me neither riches or poverty. Just give me the food that is needful for me. Why? Because if you give me too much, I'll forget where it came from and I'll profane your name. If you give me too little, I'll steal and I'll profane your name. So even the daily bread prayer is actually anchored in because, Lord, you need the glory. Your name
1: needs to be glorified. So so, so asking, like Agar was praying in Proverbs, you see that kind of Yes. Put into this Lord's Prayer.
0: Yeah, I think that that's
1: a background for this,
0: including what was happening with the manna. Uh, I think the idea here is that even as I'm looking at what's going on in my life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: look, God's going to take care of my needs. And I'm I'm not saying it's a sin to mention my needs in prayer. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, because we have to depend on him. We are depending upon God, but the the recognition that when Jesus taught his first lesson on prayer, it wasn't say whatever's in your head. It wasn't say whatever's on your heart. It was actually about, let me tell you the kind of things that need to be in our head and in our heart. And it's about the glory of the Lord and it's about the kingdom of the Lord. And even as yeah. I'm praying for me and for myself, those prayers actually need to be anchored in the glory of the Lord, not just what what I want and what I need. And what's, it's, it's really, I need to be working through what brings glory and praise and honor to God And bring that
1: to him. I think it's wonderful to point out all the glory and honor and wonder of God. And then he says, address him as father. Wow.
0: (laughs) So now, now that I've been very extreme, I do want to point something out. I go to Philippians, uh, excuse me. Yeah, I think it's Philippians now that I'm, because I'm kind of doing this live here. In (laughs) Philippians, I know that Paul talks about in chapter two, Epaphroditus. had had a concern about a brother and it was even a concern about his own emotions because of what this was brother, this brother was going through. And he saw this as God's mercy lest he have sorrow upon sorrow. And so I having, having made a very extreme case. Okay. Now I'll pull it back in a little bit and I'll point out, look, God is a big God. He can handle every emotion I have. I am going to continue to tell people if you have emotions, take them to God because he's the one that will deal with them and he can handle them. And and he's not, his shoulders are big. I think we did learn that from the Psalms. But I will tell you, you walk through the Psalms, those weren't, while emotions were expressed, one of the things we noticed again and again and again, the emotions generally fitted around the glory of God. Yeah. And most of the requests fit around that as well. So the idea here, though, is that Paul did bring Epaphroditus, yeah. and his basis was, Lord, you're a merciful God, and could you extend this mercy upon me? I do think, though, that sometimes we need to realize the answer to those questions, those requests, sometimes will be no. With Epaphroditus, it was yes. So how do I deal with that? Well, that's when I learned from Jesus in another famous prayer of his, not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. You know, I realize when I am laying out I would like to have this mercy, sometimes God is going to say, well, that's not a mercy I'm giving you, and you're just going to have to learn my grace is sufficient for Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. And that's when I say, well, not my will, but yours be done.
1: You know, sometimes people get frustrated or, I guess, doubtful. If God already knows everything I need, which, you know, we've really made the case for that in this episode, why do I need to talk to him? (laughs) Because I need to know what I need. I need to know what I need, which is what I
0: think is so important about this kingdom first praying. Jesus, as he teaches kingdom first praying, is not saying you need to learn to pray the kingdom first because you got to put the kingdom before your needs. He's saying you need to pray the kingdom first because what you need is the kingdom first. And and here's the thing. See, that does get me back to, but if that's that's what I spend my time seeking, if that's what I spend my time praying, what's going to happen to my needs? Mm -hmm. What Jesus is pointing out is, look, when that's what you spend your time seeking and praying... God will add all the rest to you. Mm. Now, the bigger question is, do I believe that? Or do I believe that? No, no, I got to seek those things. And then to get it from God, I've got to manipulate him and cajole him with all of my needs and wants versus I'm surrendering to him.
1: Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful stuff here today. We'd love to hear what you're learning uh, from the text, maybe what you're praying about, maybe even share some prayer requests and we could uh, lift, lift you up in your needs in prayer. You could send those to us via email, text talk at dot org, text talk at uh, Edwin, would you lead us in prayer?
0: Holy God. Your name needs to be hallowed above all things. It needs to be honored and praised and magnified. Your kingdom needs to spread through the hearts of men, not only here in this office, but all throughout this Florida area and then through the United States and through the entire world. And your will needs to be done by all people in all walks of life. We pray that these things will happen here on earth just as it is in heaven. And because of that, Lord, we pray that you would provide the food that we need Need. not simply so we can go without hunger but so lord that we can honor and glorify your name that we will not forget who you are and that we will not ignore your commands that that through the way we live your name will be honored and hallowed and we pray father that you will forgive us but only to the degree that we forgive others forgive us as your character is to the degree that we are becoming like you the degree that we are allowing you to rule and reign in our hearts. And Lord God, we pray because we live here in enemy territory that you would lead us. We're following you, and we know that the only way for us to be delivered is to follow you. So we ask you, Lord, to give us victory over temptation. Do not leave us in temptation, but but lead us through it and out of it in victory, overcoming it. And we pray, Father, that you would deliver us from evil and from the evil one, and even from those evil who are around us. Lord God, you Yours is the kingdom yours is the glory yours is the power and yours is the honor and we praise your name forever it's through your son jesus we pray amen amen thanks for talking about the text with us today i'm edwin crozier and i'd like to invite you to join the christians who meet on livingston avenue in Lutz, florida this sunday for our bible classes and worship you can find out more at christiansmeethere.org check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode